Please stand for the reading of God's word. And God spoke these words, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. Honor your father and mother so that you may live long in the land that, you're, that the Lord your God is giving you. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks, Meredith. My name is Randy. I'm one of your pastors here. And I think I need to start off with a thank you. Um, when we first started talking about this series, uh, this was uh, one of the ones that I wanted to, to teach. And, uh, and so we talked about it at the beginning of the summer. And uh, there was a possibility of me needing to go help my brother-in-law. And so we were trying to figure out how to, how to do that. And then it became clear that I wasn't going to go. So we had that discussion in the elders meeting. And uh, just like everything else, things changed. And like basically a week out, um, I found out I was going to Alaska. Um, so I want to thank you and thank the elders for the willingness to take the Bible and not change what it says, but maybe just rearrange the uh, commandments a little bit. So we're in commandment five this morning. Um, and then also, I think we're all uh, happy about that because that meant Matt got to preach one more time. So thank you and you're welcome. <laughs> so um, what we're going to do today is uh, talk about, you know, the title is Honor to whom honor is due. And it's not lost on me the fact that I'm speaking to you today um, in a room that's named after a man who, along with my parents and grandparents, were one of the first people to tell me about Jesus. This is Burris Hall. That was actually a real person. His picture's on the other side of that black curtain if you want to see him and his wife. But Reverend Burris was my pastor for the first 10 years of my life. And he shared Jesus with me. He was the pastor that baptized me. Um, just uh, a special person in my life. And then when I walk through Kidlands, uh, if you go through Kidlands, the last door on your left that we don't actually use, but it's before you go into the stairwell area, um, was the nursery when I was a little boy. And a lady named Mrs. Mall was in the nursery, and I think, I feel like she lived there. Like, I think she had a cot <laughs> in the back. Um, but I remember, even as a little boy, this, the Bible stories that she would tell us um, and I was three or four years old. So if you work in Kidlands, uh, have kids in Kidlands, uh, if you're in Kidlands today and you listen to this later on, I want you to be encouraged by the fact that they're listening more than you think they are. And they're just soaking in the gospel message. So thank you for, for sharing that with them. And also being here reminds me of my sixth grade, um, Sunday school teacher. His name was Mr. Wise, which fit. Uh, and he, uh, just a very godly man. And uh, at the time, um, this church, it was just amazing. We, there were so many uh, kids in church that we actually had a boys sixth grade Sunday school class. And there were eight or 10 kids in there. And Mr. Wise, you know, bless his heart. So, uh, so we're taught in scripture, um, to honor those to whom honor is due. And the Bible talks about honoring people in authority over us, you know, government, leaders, um, our parents, our teachers, uh, coaches, um, our employers, you know, that we are to have, uh, give them honor. And that's a, that's a lot of stuff to talk about this morning. Uh, and that's a whole other sermon. So what I'd like to do this morning is focus specifically on what this scripture that Meredith just read for us actually says 
um, it says um, to honor your father and your mother. So we're going to look at that uh, today. So Exodus 20:12 said, honor your father and your mother that your days may be long in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. This verse is talking about that parent-child relationship, and it's talking about specifically the parents and children of that time during the Exodus. But it's also talking about that relationship between us and our Heavenly Father as well. That word, um, the Hebrew word that is translated into honor here is, um, is kaved, and it means heavy or weighty. And it's actually the same word that the Old Testament uses when it talks about the glory of God. So that should give us some insight into how important this commandment to honor our father and our mother is to God because it's the same word, the same phrase that he says you should have honor for me. So we need to think about that. So um, the first, if we'd have done these in order, <laughs> the first four commandments are about our relationship between us and God. And then the next six are about our relationship between us. And it's interesting that God starts out the first commandment of those six is about family and about the relationship that we have within our family. Now, um, I think every generation probably thinks that they were the last generation that were decent. <laughs> you know, like... Uh, we get to an age where we start talking about these kids today and, you know, <laughs> all this kind of stuff. And uh, I'm, I'm there. I'm rapidly, you know, uh, I, I don't really feel old that much except from like 10 to 1130 on Sunday morning. And then I, I feel pretty old. Um, but I think that's just, just our nature is to just think, oh, man, things were better like in my day. You know, kids behaved better and, you know, they had respect for their elders and all this kind of stuff. Um, and it's the classic, you know, get off my lawn kind of guy, you know, and I'm I'm really scared that that's going to be me. Uh, I think it is to a certain extent already. So I probably need to move far away. <laughs> so it's rare that people are on my lawn. But um, but it's something that people think about. And there's this one guy and he actually wrote down his thoughts. So I want to I want to read them to you. Um, so here's what he said. Here's what he wrote. Youth today love luxury. They have bad manners, contempt for authority, no respect for older people, and talk nonsense when they should work. Young people do not stand up any longer when adults enter the room. They contradict their parents. They talk too much in company. They guzzle their food. They lay their legs on the table, and they tyrannize their elders. Does that sound familiar? You ever heard anybody say that or things like that? Um, this is not taken out of a letter to the editor. You know who wrote that? His name is Socrates. <laughs> and he wrote it in 400 B.C. Okay? <laughs> and I had to really think really careful because I wanted to say Socrates. And if any of y'all have seen Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, you know why. Uh, so anyway, so Socrates or Socrates wrote that. So why do those words sound like they could have been written today or if it sounds like that's something your dad would say or your granddad or you, um, it's because we're sinful creatures. We're broken. We've always had trouble with authority. We always want to do things our own way. 
um, today, when people think about the Ten Commandments that aren't, say, people that are believers, they, they generally think about um, when it's in the news. Like, oh, this Ten Commandments statue or monument needs to be taken off of this government facility or whatever. And so that's when you hear about it. And a lot of people, they don't, they don't want to talk about the Ten Commandments because they feel like it limits or takes away their freedom. Like, what do you mean you're going to tell me what I can and can't do? Um, but Kevin DeYoung, he just had a recent article um, just about uh, the Ten Commandments and things, and he actually says that they don't strip our freedom, but they actually instead provide our freedom. The rules, the commandments that God gives us do not enslave us, but they, they free us. And when you think about this relationship between parent and child, it's really a covenant. The parent is to love and care and provide for the child, and the child is to love and honor the parent. Al Mohler, who I still haven't forgiven um, for taking Alicia and Matt away from us, but that's okay. I'll get over it. I'm sure he's listening to this, so thanks, Al. Um, but he wrote a book about the Ten Commandments called Words from the Fire, and he says this, Our relationship with our parents will, to a great degree, indicate our relationship with God. That's, that's a very somber statement. When we think about that, what is our relationship? What does your relationship with your parents say about your relationship with God? Another old guy quote here, Augustine or Augustine, depending on how you want to pronounce it, in the 4th century A.D. said, uh, If anyone fails to honor his parents, is there anyone he will spare? So let's take a look at this scripture and let's take a look at the historical context. So what was going on at this time? So today when your kids misbehave, what do we do? We uh, uh, maybe put them on restriction, you know, stick them in a corner, uh, take their phone away, don't let them play video games, whatever. You know, um, we have these different things that we, uh, the limits that we put on our kids when they, when they break the rules. Um, and just so you'll know, if you're note takers, um, not that you want to write down anything I say, but I'm going to be giving you a lot of scripture. So for it not to be like a Bible drill, if you're from that era, um, you might want to just write down these scriptures for reference later on because I'm going to be going through a bunch of them. But um, let's look at what scripture said would happen if you broke this commandment during the Old Testament period. Okay. Exodus chapter 21 verse 17 says, Whoever curses his father or his mother shall be put to death. That's a little severe, and it's in Scripture. Exodus 21, verse 15 says, Whoever strikes his father or his mother shall be put to death. Leviticus 20, verse 9 says, For anyone who curses his father or mother shall surely be put to death. He has cursed his father or his mother, and his blood is upon him. And then listen to this one. Deuteronomy chapter 21, verses 18 through 21 says, If a man has a stubborn and rebellious son who will not obey the voice of his father or the voice of his mother, and though they discipline him, will not listen to them, then his father and mother shall take hold of him and bring him out to the elders of his city at the gate of the place where he lives, and they shall say to the elders of his city, This is our son. He is stubborn. And rebellious, he will not obey our voice. He is a glutton and a drunkard, 
And then all the men of the city shall stone him to death with stones. You shall purge the evil from your midst, and all Israel shall hear and fear. All right. I may have read that when I was a young man, but I don't remember it. And if I had, I would have tried to hide that from my parents. Because <laughs> that's, that's how serious this commandment was. It was literally a life or death decision. And it still is today. Look again at what Exodus 20:12 says. Honor your father and your mother that your days may be long in the land the Lord your God has given you. As Paul reminds us in Ephesians, this is the first commandment that actually has a promise attached to it. In Ephesians chapter 6, verses 1 and 2, Paul writes, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and your mother, this is the first commandment with a promise, that it may go well with you and that you may live long in the land. So, it is this saying that if you obey your parents, you're going to live to be 90 or 100? No, that's not what the promise says. Um, that expression, live long in the land, is actually a Hebrew phrase for the fullness of God's blessing. So what that verse is saying is if you honor your father and your mother, then you'll have abundant life as defined by the abundant life that God provides to those that follow him. So... If you're a parent, you really like that commandment. But as Moeller said in his book that I was reading, um, this is not like a children's sermon stuck in the middle of the Ten Commandments. And it's not just for kids. Uh, we love those verses, and we really love one like Colossians 3, verse 20, that says, Children, obey your parents in everything, for this pleases the Lord. Like, that's a good one if you're a parent, especially if you're a parent of teenagers. Like, you like that one. That's a good one. But what about the parents' responsibility in the fifth commandment? Uh, mom and dad, um, are we making it easier or harder for our kids to honor us? Ephesians chapter 6, verse 4, which is right after the kids honor your parents, it says, Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline of and instruction of the Lord. Colossians 3.21, same, same thing, says, Fathers, do not provoke your children, lest they become discouraged. So the things we need to think about as parents are, are we leading our children in the way of the Lord? Um, are the things we're asking our kids to do pleasing to the Lord? And as parents, are we teaching our children to honor God above us? Because as parents, we love to have our children honor us. But if they're not honoring God first, we're teaching them the wrong priority. And Jesus emphasizes this in Matthew chapter 10, verse 35. He says, whoever loves father and mother more than me is not worthy of me. And for the parents, whoever loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. So we need to remember that and get our priorities in order and teach our children Discipline is also important, but we should discipline our children out of love, the way that our Heavenly Father loves and disciplines us. Um, let me read this to you. This is in Hebrews chapter 12, verses 7 through 11. It says, It is for discipline that you have to endure. God is treating you as sons. For what son is there whose, whom father does not discipline? 
If you are left without discipline in which all have participated, then you are illegitimate children and not sons. Besides this, we have had earthly fathers who disciplined us, and we respected them. Still, we not much, shall we not much more be subject to the Father of spirits and live? For they disciplined us for a short time as it seemed best to them. But he disciples us for our good, that we may share his holiness. For the moment of discipline seems painful rather than pleasant. But later it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. Disciplining our children is an act of love. And if we don't discipline our kids and just let them do whatever they want to, um, we're not loving them the way that our Heavenly Father loves us. Here's a verse out of Proverbs that, that kids probably don't like. Um, Proverbs chapter 13, verse 24 says, Whoever spares the rod hates his son, but he who loves him is diligent to discipline him. That's a harsh verse, and a lot of people don't like it these days, but it's in there. Proverbs, or Psalms 103.13 says, A father shows compassion to his children, so the Lord shows compassion to those who fear him. Disciplining our children is important. Okay, I have a confession to make. I don't have a C.S. Lewis quote. So I'm sorry, but I have two from his wife. So is that okay? I think that'll work. So... In her book, Smoke on the Mountain, where she uh, uh, kind of talks about the Ten Commandments, Joy Davidman writes this. She says, The son who respects his father only out of fear of punishment is not much of a son, just as the Christian who worships God only out of fear of hell is precious little of a Christian. And later on in that same chapter, she says, If we wish our children to honor us, we must ourselves set the example of honor. That's important to remember. So that's what that verse says. And there's a lot more we can talk about it, but we only have a certain amount of time. So I want to talk now about what it doesn't say. Okay. Um, and hang with me for a second because I'm going to have a point from this story. But so I, uh, I have a 2000 Nissan Xterra. I bought it in August of 1999 when they first came out. Uh, it has a CD player that hasn't worked in 15 years, and it has a cassette deck. <laughs> Do y'all know what that is? <laughs> okay, so anyway, Leah and I actually went to see my mom Friday night, and I listened to a cassette from my old college days. So uh, pretty excited. It's literally my only cassette player now. Um, so I'm driving this thing around, which means I don't really know much about satellite radio. It's not an issue in my car, um, but I guess... I was making an assumption that I shouldn't have made because, you know, cell service with phones is pretty spotty and that's using satellites. But I don't know. In my mind, I was thinking satellite radio. Oh, yeah, you can listen to radio anywhere. Well, as you know, I just flew to Alaska and drove back. There are huge stretches in Alaska and the Yukon Territory and British Columbia and Montana and South Dakota <laughs> and Ohio <laughs> that do not have satellite radio. So I'm riding with my brother-in-law, Leanne's youngest brother, uh, Travis, and we get along great, and we had all kind of great conversations and enjoyed seeing the wildlife at 70 miles an hour and uh, the beautiful scenery. But when you're driving for 15 or 20 hours a day, like uh, you, you need a break sometime. And so we would not have anything to listen to 
And so I had an old iPod with me, um, and it has all this different kinds of music on it, but also has uh, a guy named Jerry Clower. Now, who even knows who I'm talking about? All right, there's a few. Excellent. Okay, so let me tell you who Jerry Clower is. Jerry Clower was um, a comedian. That's not, he, he says he backed into show business. He was a 4-H agent and then a fertilizer salesman in southwest Mississippi. Um, if you've never heard of him, I would suggest listening to some of his stories. Uh, even if you're from way away from southwest Mississippi, you'll probably find some humor. Even if it's just in the way he talks. Uh, it's hilarious. And I will not try to imitate him because I can't do it. But he would do these concerts, and actually he came to Irmo High School when I was in, in high school, and, and they were hilarious and funny stories, but he, and he was a strong believer, and he never, this is what he said, he, I'll never tell a joke I can't tell my preacher, and I'll never do a concert that you couldn't play in church. Like, that was his belief, and today with comedians, it seems like they don't even try to, to be funny without being foul. Um, but he would tell stories, and they're hilarious, but every time he would do a concert, he would do at least one serious story and, uh, with, with a message. And so he was telling this story, and we're listening to it, and I'd, if I knew it, I'd forgotten about it. But he was born in 1926 and um, grew up in the Depression in that era. And uh, so he's telling this story, and he's sitting, he's like a teenager, and he's sitting at the kitchen table, and his dad uh, left. Uh, left his mom, who was a teenage mom, and him and his brother when the Depression hit. So he was at least three years old, because that was in 29. So three years, four years old, so he hardly didn't even know his dad. And he's sitting there griping and complaining about they were poor and hardly had any food to eat, and uh, that's why he has so many stories about shooting possums, because they literally ate them. Uh, yummy. Um, but he's griping about this, and he's griping about his dad leaving him. And there was a lady that was there helping um, his mom. And she hears him talk, and she's like, Jerry, the Bible says to honor your father and your mother. And here's what it doesn't say. It doesn't say honor your father if he doesn't drink whiskey and get drunk. It doesn't say honor your father if he doesn't leave. It says honor your father and your mother. And those words got under his skin. He's a teenager. You don't want to hear what you don't agree with when you're a teenager or when you're 56 or any time. But he heard those words and they got under his skin. And a few years later, he was a sophomore at Mississippi State. He, he played football. That's how he got through college. He's a big old boy. And, uh, but he's thinking about what she told him years before. And finally, he, he tracked down his dad, and he took a train ride to St. Louis, and he, he forgave his dad. And he said they had a wonderful relationship for the last 20 years of his dad's life. And I've got a similar story, not quite as drastic as that, but my dad and I had a falling out when I was in college. Shocker, you know, college student, think I know everything. So we actually had a time where we didn't speak. We didn't speak for about eight months. Um, but there was a time where he went to the hospital and just like Jerry, I reached out to my dad and we reconciled and the last 14 years of his life and our relationship was better than it had ever been. 
before. Um, maybe I had grown up a little bit. Maybe he had changed a little bit. Or maybe God's just gracious and showed us mercy as a son and a, and a dad. We talked about it every day. Um, other than Leanne, he was my best buddy. Um, last thing we ever, ever said to each other was, I love you, um, when he was in the hospital. But he passed away 20 years ago. And uh, Sierra, who will be 21 in September, was four months old. So I, I still miss my dad, and it still tears me up because I, I didn't even, I hadn't even been a dad long enough to know what I needed to ask him <laughs> before he was gone. So treasure your parents. Ask them questions. Um, listen to their advice. Um, they're smarter than you think. Um, your parents really gain in wisdom between like your teenage years and when you get out of college. It's like amazing. It's like they go to a class or something. Um, so I want to encourage you that if you're, if you have a story that's similar to that, it doesn't matter if you're the parent, or if you're the child, I, I encourage you to reach out to them, reconcile with them. There's nothing that you or they have done that's too big for God to overcome. So I encourage you to do that. There's something else that commandment doesn't say. It doesn't say honor your father and mother until you're 18 or until you're 21 or until you have your own children. It says honor your father and your mother. There's no expiration date on that commandment. So let me tell you, the first time I kind of realized that, you know, it's not that I wasn't aware of it, but the first time I realized that mom and dad were mom and dad for good. Um, when I was a boy, I grew up here, grew up in this area. Um, my mom's parents lived in the area. Uh, her dad had a farm about 45 minutes away, and he went to a couple, three days a week. But I didn't go down there a lot, but I definitely didn't spend the night much. But my dad's family uh, lived on the family farms, been in the family since the 1700s in a magical land called Honeypath, South Carolina. So just a wonderful place. Um, and I would go up there in the summer times and spend two or three weeks, and I had my job. I was, I slopped the hogs, if y'all know what that is. Um, I would take uh, ice-cold water out to my grandfather when he was out in the field working. Uh, just had different tasks, and then we would play. And every day at lunch, my grandmother, who I called Granny, uh, just like the Beverly Hillbillies. Um, y'all probably don't even know who that is. <laughs> All right. I am so thankful for Steve and Beth Martin. Uh, so, so anyway, so Granny, uh, that's what we call my daddy's mama, all right? So, um, so every day she would cook lunch, and you know, the, the grandkids that were there, we would come and eat. And then my uncle, Aubrey, which was my dad's youngest brother, he was a mechanic at the John Deere dealership um, outside of Honeybath. And uh, so he would come home for lunch, and he was... Probably, he was really old at the time. He was like 30. <laughs> he was an old guy. But I remember one day I'm sitting there, and this is the first time it dawned on me that your mama's always your mama and your daddy's always your daddy. Because I'm sitting there talking, and then he said something to her, and he called her mama. And I'm like, everybody knows her name's Granny. What are you talking about? <laughs> but it, it made me realize that, like, his mom is always going to be his mom no matter how old he gets. And that was my dad's mom, even though my dad always called her granny in my lifetime, but it was his mom. 
and he honored her, just like we're supposed to honor our parents. So um, I want to share with you a Grimm's fairy tale, and I'm going to read it. Don't panic. It's not one of the long ones. It would probably be quicker to read it than to tell you the story. So bear with me. Um, there's a Grimm's fairy tale called The Old Man and His Grandson. Okay. There was once a very old man whose eyes had become dim, his ears full of hearing, his knees trembled, and when he sat at table, he could hardly hold the spoon and spilt the broth upon the tablecloth or let it run out of his mouth. His son and his son's wife were disgusted at this, and so the old grandfather at last had to sit in the corner behind the stove, and they gave him his food in an earthenware bowl and not even enough of it. And he used to look towards the table with his eyes full of tears, and once, too, his trembling hands could not hold the bowl. It fell to the ground and broke, and the young wife scolded him. But he said nothing and only sighed. And then they brought him a wooden bowl for a few half-pence out of which he had to eat. They were once sitting thus with the little grandson of four years old, and he began to gather together some bits of wood upon the ground. "'What are you doing there?' asked the father." I'm making a little trough, which is what you feed pigs with, for those of you that aren't familiar. Answer the, answer the child, for my father and mother to eat out of when I'm big. The man and his wife looked at each other for a while, and they presently began to cry. Then they took the old father, grandfather, to the table, and henceforth always let him eat with them, and likewise said nothing if he did spill a little of anything. That's a really short tale, and it's a really sad tale. But it tells a lot about us and our selfishness. There's an even sadder story in the Bible that's similar to this. In Mark chapter uh, 7, verses 8 through 13, Jesus is talking to the Pharisees, and he's, he's scolding them. He says, You leave the commandment of God and hold to the tradition of men. And he said to them, You have a fine way of rejecting the commandment of God in order to establish your tradition. That's, that's harsh words there. For Moses said, honor your father and your mother, and whoever reviles mother and father must surely die. But you say, if a man tells his father or his mother, whatever you have gained um, from me is Corban, and that's a term that meant given to God, then you no longer permit him to do anything for his father or mother, thus making void the word of God by your tradition that you have handed down. And so many such things you do. What that story is telling us is the Pharisees were claiming that they couldn't spend money or use their resources to take care of their parents because it, would, it was Corban. It would have been given to the glory of God. Um, but you could still use something that was Corban for your personal use. But they weren't using it to take care of their parents. Flashback to Matt's sermon on commandment number three. Don't take the Lord's name in vain. They were using God's name for selfish reasons to justify not taking care of their parents. I haven't read that story in a while until I was preparing for this message, but there it is. An even worse story than the Grimm's fairy tale. Very sobering. Um, Shakespeare wrote a play called King Lear. And in that play, there's a point where the king 
uh, has been double-crossed by two of his daughters, and he says this. He says, how sharper than a serpent's tooth it is to have a thankless child. As your parents get older, and we're, we have a variety in here. Some of us have lost parents. Some of us still have our grandparents. But as our parents get older, our roles start to reverse. They cared for you when you were young, and there's going to come a time, and I hope for you this happens, that you'll be caring for them. So let's not just consider it an honor to care for our parents, but let's also remember what it says in Proverbs chapter 23, verse 22. Listen to your father who gave you life, and do not despise your mother when she is old. Pretty, pretty sobering words. So we've seen what this commandment says. We've taken a look at some things that it doesn't say. And now it's probably a really good idea as we close to look at somebody that truly held this commandment. Let's take a look at Jesus and how he honored his father and his mother. So three short things, and then we'll go into a time of communion. So Jesus, when he was 12 years old, him and his parents and everybody from their area went to Jerusalem for Passover. So that's what you did. So they go, and uh, they're there for a few days, and then it's apparently a big crowd. So they all head back, and they're heading back home, and Joseph and Mary assume Jesus is with them. So um, they take off, and they go for a day. I don't know about their parenting skills at this point. You know, you would want to make sure that your children are with you, but okay. Uh, it was a big crowd, and they were family, so they assumed he was with them. They find out he's not there, so they go back, and they get back, and he's in the temple, and he's talking to the leaders, and he's asking questions, and he's responding, and everybody's just amazed at this 12-year-old boy and what he's saying. And Mary comes up to him and says, son, why have you done this to us? Like, what are you, what are you doing? And Jesus responds in this way, and this is how Jesus honors his earthly father and mother and his heavenly father at the same time. So here's what he says. And he said to them, this is in Luke chapter 2. The full story is verses 41 through 52, but I want to read verses 49 through 52. He said to them, why are you looking for me? Did you not know that I must be in my father's house? And they did not understand the saying that he spoke to them. And he went down with them, and he came to Nazareth and was submissive to them. And his mother treasured up all these things in her heart. And Jesus increased in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and man. So there's a point where Jesus, who is the son of God, and is a 12-year-old boy, is still respectful to his earthly parents, but at the same time is being obedient to his heavenly father and honoring him. Now, I, I struggle with, should I do these chronologically or would I close with this next one? But I'm going to do it chronologically, okay? The second one I want to share with you is when Jesus was in Gethsemane, the, the night of his arrest. And he's there, and he's literally sweating blood. And he's, he's begging his dad, if this can pass, please let it pass. And this story is found in Matthew chapter 26, and it's found in Luke chapter 22, and it's found in John chapter 17. But I want to read to you something Jesus said in Mark's account. So Mark chapter 14, verse 36, he says this. In this moment of agony and struggle, because he knows what's coming. He knows he's about to die. 
And he said, Abba, Father, all things are possible for you. Remove this cup from me, yet not what I will, but what you will. And think about that. First of all, the word Abba. That is not a band from the 70s. Steve? <laughs> Thanks, man. Um, Abba is an Aramaic word that means father, but it's a very intimate use of the, of the phrase father. So I call my dad, daddy. I'm from South Carolina. That's what, that's what you do. You have a daddy and you have a mama. Um, and I called him daddy to the day he died. I still call my mom, mama. Um, this was a very intimate plea. He's not being formal saying, father, with you, please take this from me. He's saying, daddy, I don't want to do this. But you're my dad. And I'll do it. If you say so. Man. Paul writes later on in Philippians, this is in chapter 2, verse 8, of how important and critical this was. Jesus was facing death on the cross, but he chose to be obedient. It says in Philippians, And being found in human form, he humbled himself by coming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. And then the final thing I wanted to share with you was Jesus on the cross. So Jesus is hanging on the cross. And in the midst of dying on the cross for our sins, for the sins of the world, he looked down and saw his mama and honored her. Here's what he said. This is in John chapter 19, verses 26 and 27. He said, When Jesus saw his mother and the disciple whom he loved standing nearby, he said to his mother, Woman, behold your son. And then he said to the disciple, Behold your mother. And from that hour, the disciple took her into his own home. So even at the point of Jesus sacrificing for all the sins for all eternity, he honored his mom. He took time out to honor his mom. So since Jesus was faithful in keeping this commandment, how important is it for us to be faithful in honoring our father and our mother? Again, remember, it doesn't mean we honor them because they deserve it. And we never honor our parents above God or in a way that's not pleasing to him. But we need to honor our mom and dad. Now, every week we observe communion, the Lord's Supper. And it is a way for us to honor Jesus because he says... As often as you do this, do it in remembrance or in honor of me. So we're about to, um, to take communion now. If you're new to Midlands, uh, we uh, serve. There's tables on each side, and uh, you can just dip the, the bread and the juice. And, um, but I want, I want to share with you this. We're talk, we've been talking about family today and honoring your father and mother. This is a family meal. If you haven't trusted in, in Jesus for your salvation, then it wouldn't be appropriate for you to participate in this meal. Um, but if you're not a Christian and you're hearing what we've heard in the scripture today and you want to know more about Jesus, then I encourage you to talk to Brad, talk to Hart. Uh, there are others. Maybe you came with a friend that's a believer. Uh, we'd love to talk to you about Jesus and what it means to truly honor our Heavenly Father. 
So let me let me close this in prayer. Father, we thank you so much for just sharing um, your word with us, Father. Just uh, we thank you for our parents, for our moms and dads. We know they're not perfect. We know that they make mistakes, Father. But we also know that we're here because of them. And we thank you for that. Father, I also pray that we'll remember to be to honor you because you're why we're here as well. Father, we pray that you will um, just encourage us. If there is a strife right now between ourselves and our kids or ourselves and our parents, Father, that we will take the initiative to forgive and reach out and show compassion and love before it's too late. Father, we pray all these things in the name of Jesus.